Welcome to the Roll for Combat Actual Play Podcast, where our intrepid adventurers are playing through the Pathfinder adventure, The Fall of Plaguestone. Join us every week as our daring adventurers face treacherous monsters and deadly obstacles on their quest to save a town from utter destruction. Lead on, listener. Your quest awaits. You arrive to Etrin's Folly. You are arriving from the north, and as you go through the north of town, you see simple wood and thatch homes that look identical to one another are in a similar state of disrepair. A number of the homes clearly look abandoned. Their roofs collapsed. In addition, you also go through large fields, obviously of turnips, turnips and more turnips. As you continue through, you go through the middle of town and you go around an ancient stone with a large flat cylindrical rock standing two feet high with a hole in its center and a bowl-shaped depression off to one side. It is covered with moss, and I even have a picture. I just put a picture in the handouts for you to see what the center of town looks like. You uh, continue until you reach your destination, which is the combination inn, tavern, and store, as this is a rather small town. But cute, quaint, not nearly as dreadful as everyone had made it out to be. Vanessa Hoskins is playing Celeste Carvassalon, the human angelic sorcerer. Yes, welcome to Feed Mill, the place where you're going to be staying overnight. Bort and the boys start unloading the horses and all the supplies and looks at you and says, Oh, everybody, welcome to Feed Mill. And you see a halfling, female halfling, come out of the stables and warmly greet Bort and uh, his teamsters and starts taking the horses and looking them over. He looks at you and says, I have a couple of errands to run, but uh, I'll meet you here tonight for supper. Feel free to make yourselves at home. Uh, Maybe you want to check out the store, get something to eat inside. And with that, he takes off to do some errands and meanwhile the rest of the stable hands and caravan helpers are unloading everything and getting ready to uh settle down for the night what do you do trying to find where i, I wrote down how much money i have left i wouldn't mind buying some booze lauren sieg is playing prue Frosthammer, the half orc spirit barbarian um some food would be nice uh, does anyone want to have a bite perhaps a bit of pleasant conversation Probably a good idea to get a bite to eat. Jason McDonald is playing Brixley Silverthorn, the gnome champion liberator. Killing wolves is tough work. I am hungry. Rob Tremarco is playing Cade Thistlerot, the halfling rogue thief. Oh, yes. All right, I'm going to walk in and I'm going to order. I'm going to sit down to order some food. You are all quite heroic. I actually know how much money Prue has. Prue has two gold, 18 silver, 18 copper. You got a fair amount of money there, Prue. Fair amount of money. You know, I try not to spend it all in one place. That was not Celeste's goal. Mm -mm. Uh, So, yes, she'll go and um, she will ask to, uh, she'll actually stand by the door and wait until she's seated. Okay. As you walk into the feed mill, you see a rather large. And homey taverns, actually quite nice. There appears to be, well, no one here. It appears to be quite empty. The only people you see is a um, female bartender. You see a male server. You see a male goblin running around serving dishes. You see another female server off in the back cleaning the fireplace. And you see a rather nasty looking human in the corner next to the goblin and he uh sort of gives you the stink eye and uh is eating his meal he appears to be the only person here as you uh as you walk in the human bartender greets you warmly and she's like welcome welcome dears i presume you're from uh board's caravan take a seat anywhere you like we'll be with you in a second anywhere we um where should 
Um, she looks sort of paralyzed with confusion, like she's never had to seat herself before. How, how do I know which chair to pick? They always select for me. Cade goes and sits down. Well, Cade made a decision. Might as well join. Prue follows. Uh, well, I, I suppose it could be that easy. This place is cozy, isn't it? <laughs> While you guys are waiting around, you uh, hear that gigantic, brutish human man yelling at the goblin and says in a very large voice, Hey, Finnick, what you doing? Go get me another glass of mead and be quick. See the goblin quickly run over to go get the mead. And also the human server walks over to who's cleaning the uh, fireplace. She's, uh, oh, how are you? My name's Trin. Welcome to the feed mill. I presume you're going to be staying here tonight as we're the only place in town. If you're looking to buy some supplies, uh, we also have some of those as well. I suggest you uh, you talk to Delma over there, the bartender. She also owns the feed mill. Well, her father owns the feed mill. He's the mayor, you know. But she runs the inn, the general store, and our only tavern in town. So anything in need, you just go to her. And so far for the specials today, we have turnip soup, turnip surprise, turnip meatloaf, and turn up bread. I'll let you uh, think about that for a minute. Do you have any real meat? Oh, uh, hmm. I'll go ask the cook if we have some actual meat. But, you know, we are known for our turnips. We are the uh, turnip capital of the county. That's nice. You heard me. Is the booze made of turnips? Why, yes. Yo. I've never had an entire feast made out a lot of one ingredient. This should be different. Oh, we're well known for our turnip mead. It takes quite a strong stomach to finish it, if you, you know what I mean. Fine, bring me one of those too. Coming right up. And she goes off to hurry up. Meanwhile, the goblin runs over and gives the, the mead over to the large brooding man who grabs it out of his hand, spilling half of it onto the frightened goblin. Get out of here. Look what you did. You spilled it all over yourself. Is he still giving us the stink eye? No, he's ignoring you. He couldn't care less who okay. you guys are. He's he's being mean to the goblin. Is the goblin like with him or is the goblin the server? Or uh, The goblin appears to work there. He appears to just be one of the servers. Don't stare, but I, I believe that man sitting over there must be someone important. I've only seen very important people treat servants with that much disregard. Yeah, or he's just an asshole. Um, but if he serves a master, how could he get away with that without being beaten? Are you uh, going to go over there and beat him? Well, well, well no. And that's uh, how he gets uh, away you? with it. Uh, we we oh. keep our nose clean while we're in this town and mind our own business. Uh, yes, yes, Miss Frosthammer. Brixley is not sure how he feels about that. Because he's not a big fan of bullies and injustice. and He's just being a prick right now. Then go say something. I'm sure he'll take real kindly to it. With that, the, uh, the waitress Trin comes back over with uh, some water. It's only a little brown. And uh, some mead. And sure enough, it's a rich pink turnip color. And there's only a few choice pieces of pulp floating in there as well. She's like, I heard you boys fought some wolves and girls here on the house. Greetings from us here at the tavern. And she hands out uh, mead for everyone, the turnip. Oh, well, we, we certainly do appreciate your generosity. Tell me, do you usually have projectile vomiting wolves roaming around the woods? Hmm, I don't know about that, but I have been hearing some weird things going on around here lately. Something about some sick animals. I, I don't know about that myself, but there has been some rumors going around. Oh, this wolf was definitely sick. It, it nearly puked all over, well, my companions here. Hmm, that's mighty odd, but not uncommon. We've, uh, we've had issues in the past with sickness, but let's not dwell on that, shall we? Oh, of course not. Uh, let's change the subject. This is such a cozy place. Uh, are you the proprietor of this particular establishment? Oh, no, no. I just work here. As I said, Delma over there, and she points to the human bartender... It's like she owns the establishment, or as I said before, her father, the mayor, owns it. But he's rather old and senile, so she runs it for him. 
Ah, very, very well. Um, would you care to introduce me to her? Sure, sure. It's the story with that somewhat rude man over there. Oh, Halid. Ugh, don't worry about him. He's just a pain in the ass. He, uh, he's just a town bully, but, uh, I wouldn't worry about him. He does this every day. He comes in, eats his food, berates to help, but he never really does any damage. It's mostly sticks and stones. He'll eventually leave, but, uh, I wouldn't get on his bad side. His bark is much worse than his bite. I'm sorry, what was his name again? His name is Halid. A few things I will note. There's a lot of NPCs in this module, and they will come into play. So I will also give you pictures in the handouts and some notes as to their names. Um, this will be coming up a fair amount. Uh, just uh, FYI. This guy, by the way, is massive. He's almost seven feet tall and literally bulging with muscles. He is definitely out of your league if you were going to uh, start something. But as he said, he just seems to be minding his own well, business. It, really just being, it's, uh, it's a questionable. It's, I mean, you know, my deity ethos is that I am against injustice and tyranny, but more of the, like, outright slavery and control type type. I don't know if just being a dick is really the sort of thing I should get all worked up about. Feel free. I'm not going to say not to do anything about it, but in terms of like, you know, when you look at someone and you see this guy and he looks like a linebacker on the Giants, he's the real deal. This is not some scrawny little dude. That's uh, You can see why he has the reputation for the town bully because it looks like he can actually back it up. I think Brixley's going to decide that, to handle it in the morning if he does it all after he's had a na- after he's had some sleep. If he gets out of hand, we can say something. And with that, um, Trin uh, motions over to Delma, and uh, Delma walks over, and she introduces herself and says, "Hello, everyone. I'm a uh, Delma First. I'm the daughter of the mayor, Tarragon First. I run the feed mill as well as the inn and general store." Uh, I'm pretty much always here, and I'll be taking care of your horses, and you'll be staying here tonight. We have, uh, well, there are straw beds, but it's better than the floor. Not the best accommodations, but uh, your roof is over your head, and the meals are good. And uh, we haven't had fleas or ticks in our establishment in ages. Y'all got any meat back there? Of course we have meat. We're just so proud of our turnips, but don't worry. We'll get you something. We have rabbits and uh, other small game. We'll we'll get you something right up. Give me a fat steak and put some turnips on it so you'll be quiet. <laughs> oh, please don't um, hold my companion's abruptness against us. Uh, she is a bit famished from the road. You see a little bit of the hunger pangs. Um, it is uh, fabulous to meet you, Ms. Falst. Um, this is such a fantastic inn. It's so cozy. And the, the fare here is, well, well, quite unique, I'd say. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, we do what we can here. I mean, we only have about 300 people in this town. So, uh, you know, you have what you can get, but we do our best. Oh, well, I think you're doing a, a wonderful job. And I'm sure the straw beds, did you say? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm sure those are quite comfortable. I, oh, it'll be a lot better than the cart, that's for sure. Oh, yes, the animals love them. If you have any pets with you, they're going to snuggle right into them straw mattresses, let me tell you. Oh, none of those, but um, uh, yes, it'll be it'll be fantastic. Uh Celeste is going to continue to chat her up and, and compliment her as best she can to try and get on her good side. Uh, may I roll diplomacy? You may. 21. Uh, she likes you. You uh, you two are hitting it off swimmingly. And uh, you talk about the weather, talk about oh, all things. You, you two are experts at small talk, as you know what I mean. Oh, yes, absolutely. What about Cade? Does Cade do anything? He appears to be rather quiet back there. Yeah, he's uh he's digging into his turnips, enjoying the, <laughs> the, the 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 full 360 degree turnip turniposity meal. Um, he yeah the, the 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 full unrelenting turnips that uh, are abound. I mean, he'll eye up this guy in the back 
I mean, he's not hitting anybody. He's just yelling, right? He's 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 just being mean, and he's just eating his food, and he's mostly berating the goblin. But after a few minutes, he seems to be finished with his meal. He sort of looks over to all of you and just sort of goes and just gets up and leaves. Uh, can I, just as he's leaving, say, you know, don't the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> That'll teach him. <laughs> and let's see what he does. He completely ignores you. All right. All right. Knowing Paizo, I'm sure he's some big hero. You think he whispered something under his breath? You want to give me a perception to see if you know what he said? Oh, I do. I do. <laughs> 24. Man, you guys are rolling hot. You hear what you think is small body, small mind. All right. Good to know. He will have a little comeuppance. He's graduated to racism. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. Uh, It's it's the character, man. Uh, Don't look at me. Nothing. uh, I'm not blaming you. You're you're doing great. Anyhow. So, yeah, you got um, you guys have enough turnips to uh, satisfy even the most turnip hungry person. Good news is, wait until dinner, extra special turnips for tonight. Oh, I, I can't wait to see what new and innovative things you've done with the same vegetable. Oh, you'd be surprised. And Prue gets actually a really good steak. And the turnips are actually surprisingly tangy. They go very well with the meat. She's a little stunned at how good this is. Better than she actually probably wants to even admit, even to herself. No, no, no. I'll admit it. I'll have, like, meat, like, hanging off one of my tusks and just, like, be a sloppy mess. But I'll, like, get, give the cook the thumbs up and, like, my best half-orc messy grin. Oh, cool. That You actually can see the cook, and the cook is in the back. And um, she's a, a rather large woman. Not large size-wise, she's over six feet tall with short brown hair tied behind her head. And she sort of gives you a little nod and smile and says, I'm glad you like it, honey. I won't say anything, but I'll go back to just making a true monster of myself while I eat this food. Um, Well, we do have a minute alone. Celeste sort of whispers to everyone else, "Um, if you could all do me a, a slight favor, I... If you could not mention that I have access to magic to the um, folks in this town, sometimes people get a little bit carried away when they find out you can... Well, they think you can solve every problem with magic. You're the only one talking about it. Well, I... Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. No problem. So with that, you guys finish your meal. The turnips are better than you admit. And you start to kind of taste a little bit alike after a while. After all, it's all turnips. She does also say, Delma, she's like, Oh, don't forget, we also have some supplies if you're interested in uh, stocking up. We don't have exactly the largest selection, but we have a few choice items if you wish. Any wolf repellent? No, no, nothing what do you have? like that. Um, what do we have? Well... Here, come over and uh, I'll show you. She sort of walks you over to a different area of the same bar that sort of has more knickknacks over here. And it looks like most basic items that you would find in a farming community, aka common items in the core rules that would help out farming, you can find. <laughs> there's, a, there's a fair amount of them. Oh, not a fair. There's usually one or two items. So... She sort of points out, like anything like that, you know, common weapons that could also be used as farming implements. Uh, Some armor, pretty well worn and obviously not always being used as armor, but some basic items. She does uh, say that she also has has a, a few magic items as well. Not a lot, but a couple if you'd like to see them for adventures such as yourself. Sure. Oh, absolutely. It's a little surprising to see magic items in a farming community such as this. Oh, well, we have three minor healing potions. Uh, That's why we have them, because, you know, just in case something goes wrong and someone gets hurt, uh, that's why I do stock up on healing when possible. I only have three right now, and those are three gold pieces each. 
And I have one more thing, which we got a long time ago. I don't even know where it came from. And she uh, pulls out what appears to be a crystal. And she says, uh, this is a potency crystal. It can only be used once, but it's quite powerful. You put it on your weapon, and uh, for one round, it makes it more powerful. It turns it into a plus one striking weapon. So what that does is for one round, your weapon will get plus one to attack rolls, and it doubles your damage dice. But it's a one-time use only, and it's four gold pieces. What sort of action does it take to use? A free action, I believe. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you attach it to your weapon. It's a talisman. And if you want to look at it in the rules, it is, I believe, page 569, if you want to look it up. Since that is something brand new to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. I mean, they might have had something in 1st Edition similar, but this is... Uh, I have a feeling you're going to be seeing a lot of these potency crystals, because it basically gives you a plus one striking weapon without giving you a plus one striking weapon, if that makes sense. And that wouldn't stack with an actual plus one, would it? I don't think they stack. Well, you don't have a plus one weapon. Yeah, it would make weapon. sense if they don't. Hypothetically. No, 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 no. I'm just thinking about the future. Oh, I see. I see. With that, she's like, well, that's all the items I have. As I said, we don't have a lot of magic in this town, but if any of you are interested in this or anything else, let me know. Oh, and as for the food, I'll put that on your bill. On, uh, oh, sh- sure, sure. I was under the impression that this is all in the house, considering we heroically fought off wolves. Oh, yes, the mead was, but not the food or the room and board. Oh, right, right. Um, I was nod knowingly. Uh, Miss Frosthammer, uh, you'll get this one and I'll get the next one? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think she's gonna say anything. (laughs) I'll pay my own way, it's not a problem. Anyhow, with that, um, it's still, like, early, mid-afternoon, so you have a little bit of time to kill. It's up to you. You can probably just go back to your room and rest. There's not really a lot to look at or see in this town, quite frankly. Or if you want to talk and find out anything about the history of the town, or just, you know... Whatever you want to do, let me know. Um, the rock in the middle, that was just a well? Oh, no, no. The rock in the middle. Um, who do you want to talk to about that? Oh, um, I think she was just going to go investigate it. And if someone talks to her about it, well, then I guess that's what they do. Mm, sure. So you can go to the middle of the town. And as I said, there was a, it's a stone. And it's rather strange. It appears to be ancient. It's flat, cylindrical, two feet high has a hole in the center and a bowl-shaped depression off to one side, and it appears to be covered with moss. Hmm. Is there anyone nearby at the moment? Uh, well, it's right across the street from the feed mill, so you can probably call over the halfling who is uh, tending the horses, if you wish. Um, well, I was hoping that no one was. So when she thinks no one's looking, Celeste is going to um, Celeste is going to cast detect magic uh, in the area, uh, and it's a thirty foot emanation. Interesting. Okay, um, you can definitely. She's she's busy tending the horses, and there's no one else in the area right now. So you can definitely cast that, and there is no magic okay. coming from this well whatsoever or the stone. Okay, no magic within thirty feet. Okay. Anyone else? I'm actually just going to gruffly wipe the food off my face and stay with Celeste to make sure she doesn't get herself in trouble. Oh, I have an idea. Cover me for a moment. And uh, Celeste will pick a pebble up off the ground and uh, sort of cover it in her hands. And she's going to cast light. It's another cantrip on it, causing it to glow as bright as a torch, 20 foot radius. But she's going to keep it covered in her hands and then she's going to drop it down the well. Okay. This is not a well. It's... um. It's just a stone. Oh, I see. And then the side is, uh, there's just, it just has like a bowl-shaped depression. And that's it. So it's sort of just, it's kind of, it's just a circular stone with some depressions in it. But the depressions only go down like a few inches and that's it. Oh, I'm sorry, my mistake. Um, well, your rock didn't fall very far, did well, it? It looks like it, like a like a pedestal with something missing from it, almost. Yeah, yeah, it's a pedestal with some bowl-like depressions inside of it. Okay, well then she won't cast light on the stone. Um, but she is very curious about what this is. This is sort of an odd little town, don't you think? Hmm. Eh, they all have their quirks. Well, with that, hmm. as you are inspecting 
the uh, stone, one of the Teamsters walks over to you. You can't tell if it's Ulf or Ulf, since they are uh, twins, and says, What you doing over there? You guys checking out the Plague Stone? Uh, Celeste immediately takes a large step back from it. Uh, almost like jumping away from something icky. What? What? This is the. Uh, oh, why is it a, a plague stone? Oh, you don't. You don't know. Well. Um, well, no, I don't. That's why I'm asking. Oh, oh, oh. little tiger has some bite. <laughs> well, yeah, this is a. Uh, this is the plague stone. This is a great stone. It was used for exchanging food and remedies for coin. Back in the day of the plague. So it's it's not infected or anything? Who knows? Might be. <laughs> he gives you a little wink. I I kind of feel like I shouldn't believe you. I'm just joshing you. Don't worry. Yeah, about 20 years ago, when the plague ran rampant through this town, the townsfolk that used to leave food for the sick in the bowl... And the sick left coins in the center hole, and they would fill it with vinegar to cleanse the coins of contamination. So that way, people who are sick can get fed and pay for their troubles. And it, uh, it continued until the plague eventually wiped through the town. You see that north side where we came through? It was all empty. Well, yeah. this town used to be much bigger, but after the plague took more than half the town, well... Only if you're really poor and desperate do you live up there. That's where uh, most of the plague took. It's kind of sad. You could probably find out more about it. Uh, but anyhow, that's why we call it Plague Stone, because, well, you can guess. Sure. Well, in that case, then this is a symbol of, of hope and, and charity. It's not so bad. And she, uh, Celeste starts rubbing her hand over it again. Yeah, the, the stone actually is quite smooth, and now you know what it's for. You can see it was actually carved. And it's not shaped like this was not natural at all. And it hasn't been used in ages, as you can tell, since he said this happened over about 20 years ago, that it's covered in moss and obviously has uh, never been used since. All right, cool. Um, well, I, I don't suppose there's anything to do in this town. You've been here before, haven't you, Ulf? Or was it Ulf? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's not much to do in this town. I'd say uh, go get drunk and uh, wait for dinner. <laughs> That's about all you can do. Well, very well. I shall find a way to amuse myself. Um, Celeste, unless someone else has a, a brilliant plan, she's going to plan on going back to the inn, uh, find a cozy spot to sit, and probably just play a bit on uh, her um, ocarina. Prue's just going to kill time and drink. Cade will sit with Prue and do the same. Sadly, since Brixley is worn out from his ordeal with the wagon and falling in the mud, he may actually call it an early night and go to bed. No, stay and have a drink with us. You fought well. Alright, you twisted my... You said drink. You said the magic word. So, alright, he'll stay having a drink. If you want, you know, go change out of your armor and put on your... Well, no, uh, the, mud, the mud's gone. So let's no, please help be comfortable... Him. Like pajamas, you know, come down here and <laughs> with a little, a little hat. <laughs> got the little, little footy. Got the little footy the pajamas. Little foot pajamas you you know. Yeah, we got. We, don't we have extra snuggies in the back? Let's let's drink with snuggies on. Well, that seems like a plot. That seems like a good thing. He is. He is, after all, a Caden K lead guy. So the idea of a drink, <laughs> he wouldn't say no to it. You come. You go upstairs. You change your clothes. And you come back down from like Christmas story, like wearing little bunny slippers and everything. <laughs> you are about the right size for that. Hey now, Ralphie. So, um, Celeste, yeah, she. I got an 18 on my performance skill check for a total of 25. So she, uh, as I said, sits back in sort of a corner of the room and, or you know, somewhere comfortable, uh, and just uh, plays her musical instrument. Cool. So yeah, you can sit back, relax. You're all, you know, taking it easy. As early evening descends, the tavern gets really full <laughs> from something that was completely empty. It looks like magic. Everyone descended upon the tavern at the same time for dinner. And Bort returns and invites you down for some supper. And, uh, well, he's like, oh, you're all at my favorite table right next to the dais. And he looks over to uh, the town bard, Flonk, 
and says, ah, I like to listen to Flonk play while I eat. And Flonk is uh, right behind Brexley, as you can see, and uh, he's getting ready to sing some tunes. The rest of the feed mill is full of local farmers as well as, well, some of the characters and PCs you met earlier, as well as Ulf and Ulf. They're here as well. They seem to be playing games and gambling loudly with one of the farmers. The servers from before are uh, busy running around, taking orders and giving orders. The chef, she's very busy, obviously, cooking. The goblin's running around. Actually, he's behind the counter tonight and seems to be taking the orders from the cook and plating them. The other servers are very busy, as this appears to be the rush, if you will. And Flonk the Bard is uh, is singing his lute, which, by the way, is uh, missing two strings. And he's uh, singing and strumming away quite badly. Aww. Eh, I've heard worse. Long as he's happy. Um, if there's like a, a break in the music, maybe between songs or something... Celeste wants to introduce herself to him uh, and and suggest, would you like uh, accompaniment? I'm, I'm something of a, uh, a musician myself. And she shows Flonk her um, ocarina. Oh, lovely lady, of course, of course. I don't know many duets, but I'd be happy to play along with you. Do keep up, do keep up. Oh, yes, I, I don't want to step on, on your show. I just... Since I happen to be in town, perhaps I can just accompany you. You, you play whatever you want, and, and I'll try to keep up with you. Oh, excellent, excellent. Do you know this one? And he starts playing a uh, bar ditty that you definitely never heard before. And it's rather... She would not have heard of that, no. Rather raunchy as well. She'll uh, wish that she weren't blushing while she tries to play along uh, while she is incredibly embarrassed by the inappropriate lyrics. So with that, Clonar and Trin are serving the guests. Delma is tending bar. Amora is busy at the kitchen. Finnick, the goblins, doing odd jobs all over. And uh, dinner starts. And out come the dishes. Brings out wild game. Roasted turnips on the side. With burnt seed cake. Coupled with watery turnip ale. Borton, meanwhile, is like sort of uh, talking with everyone, but then turns his attention to you all and says, Thanks again for helping out with them wolves. I promised I'd tell you some stories, but why don't you tell me a little bit about yourselves, if you don't mind? Uh, you uh, you really handled yourselves well there. I'm kind of surprised, especially that mangy wolf. You guys did a great job. Uh, what, what's bringing you down here? Had to move, Cade pipes up. You know, looks a little serious about it. Some trouble where we were. So I'm just looking to start somewhere else fresh. I understand. I understand. I see a lot of that in my days, especially a lot of people leaving Chelyax right now. But what about the rest of you? I'm just curious. I'm not trying to pry or anything, but uh, just making conversation. Would you believe that I was training with the knights in Last Wall when the Whispering King attacked? I do believe it. I heard a lot of people were lost when the Whispering Tyrants got loose. Yep, a lot of friends, too. Sorry to hear that, ma'am. And then I'll just raise a glass to them and to them, and then I'll drink. I I also do the same. Cheers. To the lost ones and those who have passed. Here, here. Bort the dwarf easily downs his beer and then downs another one for camaraderie. What about you, Missy? You uh you appear to be too fine and dainty to be traveling with the likes of us. Uh, oh, um, thank you, I suppose. I uh I was visiting with some extended family uh, in Isker, actually, and, well, decided to head back home. You see, I, I have family all across different parts of Andorin, uh, so just trying to head down that direction, perhaps meet up with a cousin or something. Oh, of course, of course. Family is what comes first. Family's most important. And you good Sir Brixley, uh, wow, it looks like uh, all that mud is gone. Good job. Uh, you have to tell me how you do that one time. I, I can never seem to get the dirt and mud out of my clothes. I'm on the road so much. Remembering his admonition not to talk about Celeste's magic. Well, you know, a good scrubbing will do that. But as for me, I consider myself a servant of justice and freedom. I am 
out for adventure and to help those who cannot help themselves. And he proudly brandishes little his little holy symbol. Oh, excellent, excellent. I I do like Caden. He's a man after my own heart, a drinker and a partier. I'll drink I'll drink to that I'll drink deep to that one. Indeed. And then he also downs yet another ale. And uh, they seem to know him well here. The servers keep him coming. He looks at you all and says, Hey, uh, how about a tale? You'd like to hear about me and the chilled giant? Absolutely. Yes, I would. That sounds like a fascinating tale. As he starts seeing that, you can see some of the other uh, members of the bar kind of roll their eyes as uh, you have a feeling he's told this one once or twice before. He says, yes, yeah, so anyhow, I was I was traveling through the high mountain roads of the Five Kings Mountain when my, my caravan, it was captured by a fire giant. And he looks at you all and he goes, that's right, a fire giant, 12 feet high, I tell you, covered with flames. And he brought us into his lair, and he was cooking us for dinner, lowering me into my kettle, I tell you. But while he was cooking me, I said to him, you know what? I think I'd taste a little bit better if you added some seasoning. And the fire giant just looked at me and said, what you talking about, seasoning? I usually just cook you up and eat you as is. He goes, no, no, no. Trust me, I'm an expert chef. You, If you really want me to bring out the best flavor, you want some of the seasoning. It's a really rare plant. It's called frost bloom. And if you put this into the soup while I'm being cooked, it'll make it taste extra spicy. You're, you're going to love it. And the fire giant just looked at me and he sort of said, huh, what's this that trip plan? You hand that over right now. So I, I took it out of my pocket and handed it to him. He looked at it, and he crumbled it up and threw it into the broth. And I said, yeah, yeah, taste it, taste it. I promise you it's going to taste much better now. You'll see. Sure enough, he took a big old ladle as big as me and took a big taste of that broth. And sure enough, little did he know that Frost Bloom froze his mouth shut. And while he was whimpering and crying and trying to open his mouth, I jumped out of that pot and ran for the hills and never saw him again. Oh, what a fantastic story. That is that is amazing. Did, did that really happen, or are you just making this all up? Oh, that really happened, all right. And you believe him as he rolls a 19 plus many other things for his deception check. Well, that goes against our perception DC, which uh, beats me by a mile. So that is the most amazing. If I am ever in trouble and need a true hero, I will certainly turn to you. Alcohol's a hell of a drug. Yeah. He just starts laughing and laughing and laughing and continues eating the dishes. Towards the end of his meal and his story, dessert's coming up and he just claps his hands together and says, Oh, this is my favorite part of the meal. Warm turnip porridge. Mm-mm, mm-mm-mm. And he's all excited. But then suddenly, from behind you, you hear a commotion. It looks like one of the servers accidentally bumped the farmer, who was with Ulf and Ulf, and uh, managed to spill mead all over him and messed up their gambling. And suddenly, the farmer takes a swing at the server, and Ulf and Ulf start grabbing their chips and the money off the table. And next thing you know... It's a good old bar fight. Roll for combat! Oh no. Suddenly, things are going crazy. The entire tavern turns into a drunken brawl. Chairs are getting knocked over. Mugs getting thrown across. Food getting thrown across. Uh, Brixley, you're up. What are you going to do? Now, everything is considered difficult terrain, and you can kind of go anywhere, and you're not exactly sure what's going on, but you're up first. Hmm. Um, it's not even sure whose side I'm supposed to be on at this point, though. Brixley's not one to approve of people roughing up the help. So he's going to head toward the farmer that tried to take the swing at the serving guy. Okay. That is Farmer Elam. That's way to... Um... 
Yeah, a little bit more to the east. But it is difficult terrain, so that's that's ten right there. It's going to take you two strides to just get over to the farmer. There you go. So the farmer appears to uh, be in a brawl with the server, and uh, you can tell from here appears to be quite drunk, by the way. You got one action left. What are you going to do? Can I, like, uh, maybe, like, try to grab him just to sort of get him to calm down? Let's look that up. Oh, God. Grappling rules. No, it's different now. What are you talking about? Grappling's always been easy, right? Or certain definitions of easy. 242. Grapple. You have a free hand, and he can't be larger than you. Well, more than one size larger than you. He is exactly one size larger than you. Um, you basically attempt an athletics check against their fortitude DC. So go right ahead. And I do believe you get a minus one to everything because you're fatigued. Oh, no, that's just saving throws and AC. That's all that is. It's literally athletics. You just roll your athletics. That's all. That didn't go too well. A nine against his, let's see, against his fortitude DC. You fail. You try to grab him, and um, you slip right through his fingers. However, seeing that occur, a drunken farmer sort of looks at that and says, Hey, you get your hands off of him. And he walks over to you. Oh, boy. And uh, he tries to punch you in the face. Just? Oh, wait, you don't have your shield up, right? No, you do not. I do not. Nope. Let's do that again. He manages to punch you in the face for, oh man, seven points of damage. He gets you right in the noggin. The good Whoa. thing is it's non-lethal damage. Kate is now up. And uh, I'm going to say um, you probably saw that. I saw that. Oh, Brixley. Uh, hey, I was trying to do the right thing. Sure, you sure were. Uh, I will see if I can skippity scoop right here. And this is this is all difficult terrain. Yep, it's all difficult terrain. Oh. Should have just punched the bard. <laughs> uh, I will uh, kidney punch his drunk farmer and sneak attack as well. Okay, are you? Uh, what type of attack are you going to use against him? I have an unarmed strike. All right, just the old fist. It's agile, finesse, non-lethal, but, you know, a good old well-placed punch. All right, you're not going to try to kill him good. No, gosh, no. Not not until someone pulls a knife, and then it's over. All right, all right, go. Go, go, gadget attack. A fist is 1d4, so I have, I'll use a dagger, I guess. I have a dagger. It's the same sure. numbers, right? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. For now, we'll just use the dagger, and uh, we'll just pretend. And you don't have any minuses because it's uh, it's your standard attack. Normally, it's a minus two. So you can take any attack and make it non-lethal with a minus two, by the way. Oh, well, well fists already non-lethal. I'm, I'm just not saying gonna, if, you want, yeah. if you want to use the flat of your sword or something, you can. I don't eh. think you can do that with like a Any range. attack? I don't think you have a ranged weapon. Sorry, you can't do that with ranged. So. Oh, okay. You hit him. And sneak, right? Uh, okay, roll another 1d6. Two points of damage. Meanwhile, another drunken farmer decides to uh, throw a mug over at a Prue. Mug misses Prue by a mile, and he sort of goes, Hmph! and he picks up a chair and throws that instead. So first the mug missed, and then the chair missed, and the farmer just seems to be upset. He's like, Mph. All right, now Prue goes. So a mug just flew over Prue's head, and she was content to just sit there and keep eating and minding her own business. Throwing a chair is just a step too far. Uh, I, I gotta do it. I'm just gonna flip this whole table over. Do you <laughs> want athletics or do you want just it happens? Uh, I'm gonna say athletics. Fair enough. Nineteen. Uh, I'm gonna say that you try to pick up the table and flip it, but. It looks like this is a regular occurrence as the table appears to be nailed down to the floor. So it doesn't actually flip. Maybe some of the smaller ones will uh, go up. But these long tables, 
I have a feeling this is not the first or last time they've seen bar brawls. So uh, it doesn't actually, it like lifts up a little bit, but it doesn't go. Okay. But you got some chairs that you can throw if you want. Here's what I'll do. I'll pick up uh, the stool I was sitting on, and can I wield it as an improvised shield? Sure. Okay. And then I'll, I'll, I'll grab that with one action, and I'll use the raise a shield action uh, to round out my three actions. Okay. Uh, Celeste is going to run over to her friend Dalma uh, and say, Dalma, uh, is this sort of thing usual around here? Uh, my friend didn't mean anything. He was just trying to stop the violence. Dalma looks over and she says, don't you worry, honey. I'm going to go get the sheriff. She she literally runs out of the front door and yeah, she's going to go get the sheriff. That's good. Um not knowing what else to do, but also knowing that uh, sometimes music can soothe the most savage of beasts. With her remaining action, she's going to pull out her um, ocarina. Excellent. Bort stands up and says, everybody, everybody, calm down, calm down. As, and he says that a chair promptly smashes him in the back of the head and he stumbles over and says, Oh, that was completely uncalled for. Oh, no. Brexley's up. You know what else soothes savage beasts? Fists. A good old punching. Well, you swing. Although... Flanking. You had flanking. flanking. You gotta mention the flanking. Uh, do it again. You actually would hit. Alright, he doesn't really die. Instead... No, no, it's not. Well, KO, KO. I'll say you you punch him squarely in the face after he punched you squarely in the face. You guys literally just traded blows, like perfect punches. Although yours knocked him out. Uh, You got two actions left. Okay, I'm going to try to grab the farm, like grapple the farmer guy again. Oh. Hey, the other guy punched me, I punched him back, but I want to still try to be a peacemaker here. Okay. Meanwhile... All around you, everyone's fighting. People are screaming. Like it's a, it's complete chaos. Chairs are flying. Ooh, athletics of twenty-four, more than enough. So yeah, you grab him. You grab the farmer. Your opponent is grappled to the end of your next turn, unless you move or your opponent escapes. So congratulations. And I'm just gonna yell at him. Hey, you need to calm down, buddy. And he looks at you, and he just sort of says, "Ah." It wasn't my fault. He spilled the drink on me. Cade, you're up. All right. Uh, let's do this. I would like to, like, scooch maybe under the table and, and like, uh, do a hide action and then maybe start picking some pockets. Good call. What? Good call. What? Oh, God. Like, if they're going to be all jerky and punching, they don't deserve the beer money that they're wasting. Okay. I'll say you... Uh, That's a novel approach. You go under the bar, and um, you, you're you the thief. You tell me how you pick the pocket. What do you need to do to do that? I have... Um, I mean, it looks like I, as long as I'm undetected, uh, I can do this. I have something called subtle theft. Uh, when you successfully steal something, ex- observers, other than creature you stole from, take a minus two penalty to their perception DCs to detect my theft. Also, if it's a diversion, which there is, uh, using deception, taking a single palm or object or steel action doesn't end my undetected condition. So basically, I can do this as long as there's a distraction or a fight or, or if I use deception to distract somebody. But I don't think I need to because there's a bar fight. You got it. So then what do you actually need to do? What's the role to actually then pick someone's pocket? Uh, thievery. What page is that, if I might look? Uh, let me check. Actually, I found it. Steel, page 353. Yes. Try to take a small object from another creature without being noticed. So it has to be something kind of tiny. You do a thievery check. Money. Yeah, money. Okay. Steel is usually the perception DC of the creature. Go right ahead. It'll say there's some random farmers out there. You just sort of... I'm going to say it's going to take two actions, because one for you to sort of look for someone, and then one to pick the pocket. To pick the pocket, sure. Pick a pocket or two. Ah, there we are. Thievery. 21. Damn you to hell. You managed... It's also subtle. Mm -hmm. You managed to go into one of the farmer's pockets, 
and you pull out something small and round. What do I got? You look at it, and you realize it's a turnip seed. Uh, nice. I don't want turnip seeds. Maybe it's a valuable turnip seed. This drunken farmer walks over to Celis and says, Hey, what you doing over there, pretty girl? Come over here and give me a kiss. And he uh, tries to grab you. Oh, that ain't good. 20. So uh, he grabs you saying, Oh, don't worry, I'll protect you. And you can just smell the booze coming off of him. He's like, I'm here all the time. This will settle down in a minute or two. <laughs> and as he like starts coughing, a little vomit comes up. This is horrible. Bruise up. I have to do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna stride over to him and I'm gonna push the back of his head into the floor. I'm gonna try and trip him. Oh boy, here comes the trip. We love them trips. No, 22. What's yes. that against? His, his reflex? That's against his reflex. If it beats it by 10 or more, oh, no, he it's is... critical. It's not. He's having a bad time. It's not. It's it's almost... You missed by one for critical, so... Oh, I don't okay. Know. That would have been fun. So what happens? He's prone now. He's prone. So he, and then, he breaks his grip and falls flat on his butt. And he's like, hey! And then with my last action, I'm going to give him intimidating glare. Excellent. Intimidate 20 against his... Uh, Will DC. He's intimidated. You uh, you managed to scare the bejeebas out of him. And stay down. It's less. You, uh, have a little, you have a little bit of vomit on you, by the way. Oh, gross. Um, is there any other bar fight stuff happening still? Yo, God. This has been two rounds. The fight's just getting started. Hmm. Okay. So Celeste is gonna uh, get away from this. Uh gonna back over toward the door and she's actually gonna purposefully play like a really high-pitched bad note on her ocarina uh just to you know like a blowing a whistle actually you know what i have a signal whistle she's gonna blow her signal whistle screw that and just as hard and loud as she can interesting okay so an action to take it out an action to blow it and an action to move over to the door yeah just to get away from the gross guy excellent um, do I make a perform check or anything on that? No, I'll take care of it. Okay. Bort, seeing what's going on, and he decides to instead cover his pudding with his body, trying to save it from getting destroyed by all the craziness going on in this bar brawl. Nice. <laughs> like, not my pudding. I love my pudding. Everyone sort of stops for a split second and looks up. And almost as like, you know, like when a school teacher does that. And, and uh, there's kind of a momentary break in the action. And as the momentary break occurs, you uh, see Delma come back with the sheriff. And just like that, the brawl is over. Good job with the distraction. And it managed to stop them just long enough for everyone to calm down and the sheriff to come back. And as soon as he walks in, everyone just stops. Like, this is something that just happens all the time. And it's as if nothing happens. Everyone just sort of brushes themselves off, arranges the tables and chairs, brushes off their food. Bard starts playing again, and people start drinking and eating. And he's like, okay, everybody, everybody, you know the drills. Anyone bleeding, anyone hurt, no one used any weapons, did they? We're good here. Um... Just mugs and chairs. Okay. Okay, that's good. All right, you, you newbies, you didn't try to kill anyone or hurt anyone, did you? This is kind of a regular occurrence here. Uh, they just, you know, everyone gets so bored in this town. It's really our only, our only source of entertainment we have is uh, the weekly bar fight. No. Nope. You guys get in a brawl like this every week? Nah, usually twice a week. I was being generous. I, I hit a guy who hit me, but that's about it. Oh, that's completely understood. And he looks at him and he's like, hmm, gave him a good shiner. Ooh, it looks like he gave you one back. <laughs> he sees like a, a big puffy eye. Brixley's had a kind of a rough day so far. <laughs> yes, he has. Nothing, nothing an ale or two won't solve. Good job. Good job. It's like, all right, everyone settle down, settle down. Bort looks up and he's like, all right, 
Come on back. Let's let's finish dessert. I got another tale for you. Don't worry about this brawl. You guys seem all okay. Oof and off. You guys quit your belly aching. Get back to your gambling. And uh, hey, farmer, farmer alarm. Quit quit doing that. Quit fighting. Just because you're losing a gambling doesn't mean you need to take it out on the help. On second thought, let's not go to Cavalot. Tis a silly place. Agreed. All right. So anyhow, you could tell everyone's sort of like you know getting ready. Back to uh, their assigned positions. Everyone's eating and rubbing their wounds. The help is picking up some of the broken debris and such. And he's like, Bort looks at you all, eating his pudding. And uh, you all have pudding in front of you, by the way. And uh, sorry, I keep saying pudding. It's porridge. Warm turnip porridge. He goes, it's best warm. So hurry up and dig in. And he's like digging. He's like, let me tell you about a story of... Ferasma's comb. You want to hear another tale? I'm just going to shove porridge into my mouth. Yeah, it's porridge time. He's like, yeah, then porridge is good, isn't it? And you, you're all eating it. It's like, it's actually surprisingly good, actually. He says, no. So- I mean, I'll let him tell a story, oh, okay. but I'm eating this porridge. You're eating his porridge? I'm eating this porridge. Oh, you're eating the porridge. Got it. Yeah, everyone's I'm eating. not going to stop. Got it. So he's while he's eating in between spoonfuls, as a dwarf will do, he's like, you know, so one day while crossing the waters of uh, Lake Incarthen, uh, my boat was set upon by a mighty storm and my ship was capsized. And as the sea took me, I quickly grabbed one of my treasured lockboxes as I slid beneath the waves, slowly losing consciousness. And then next thing I know, I was dead. And he looks at you all as he shoves a couple more spoonfuls of porridge in his mouth. He says, only to awake in front of Parasma, about to be judged. Alas, the lady of death could not decide my fate because her hair was all tussled by the storm winds. So I looked at her and I said, Lady Parasma, I, uh, I can't stand you looking so disheveled like that. Let me give you a present and... I opened up my lockbox, and inside I had a silver comb, and I gave it to her so she could tame her hair. She was so impressed by the presents that she said, Dwarf, I return you back to life. And she did. My entire crew woke up on the shores of the lake alive and well, although I was one silver comb short. That's, that's pretty good porridge. Uh, that's an amazing story. I, that's that's fairly unbelievable. But I, I have some questions. Uh, can I roll knowledge, or rather, uh, let's see, it's just religion. Can I roll religion to basically find holes in this folk story? Sure, sure. I know I'm using his voice. Sure, sure. Ooh, seven. Nope. Like sounds sounds about right to you. Yep, that that makes sense. People actually do hobnob with the gods all the time. It's not uncommon, so yeah, it's definitely possible. As he, he finishes his porridge, he looks at you all and he says, "I tell you, I got one more juicy tale. Let me tell you. Then I think we should retire for the night." So I'll tell you about the time I gambled with the dragon and won. <laughs> so I was traveling. <coughs> <coughs> Oh, I thought that was part of the story. Yeah. I'm like, uh oh, uh oh. Yeah, Something yeah. Dramatic. Is the plague stone happening? <laughs> yeah. <He's porridge. laughs> so anyhow, as I said, I was I was traveling long, and so <laughs> and sure enough, he just starts coughing and coughing and turning purple, and he's uh, grabbing his throat and he can't breathe. What do you do? Oh no! Uh, is, oh, is athletics the Heimlich? Oh, that'd be medicine. Uh. Can, can we medicine? Can we medicine on him? Go right ahead. I look down at the porridge. How do I feel? <laughs> you look at your empty bowl, and you feel yep. a pit in your stomach, and you don't feel so good. Oh, no. Medicine 14. You quickly run over and look at him. You can tell he's not choking on anything, but it looks like his windpipe is completely swollen shut. He's grasping for air, turning blue, and he's like, <laughs> and he collapses on the ground, dead. Oh no! What? Oh boy! I hope we don't die at the start of the next one. 
Everyone have a backup character. Who ate the yeah, porridge? Right. I, I ate every bit of it. Every I bit ate of the it. porridge. I ate all it's my the, porridge. It's the salmon moose. <laughs> Celeste would have been like politely nibbling at it, but yeah, she's she's had quite a bit of turnips. I had all turnips the whole meal, full turnip. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various role-playing games on our Discord channel at Discord.RollForCombat.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms. You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember, it's all fun and games until the healer runs out of spells. <laughs>